Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Did you know that one in four women at least have been sex assaulted? In all my years of investigating and prosecuting cases, I can tell you that that is highly, highly underreported. The majority of women that are sex assaulted never say a word. Why is that? Why is that? People look around you. One in four women that you are seeing have been sex assaulted. In this studio, one in four women have been sex assaulted. Why? Because of people like Bowen Turner, a three-time sex offender that violates all the terms of his bond over and over and over and still walks free. Young girls have been raped and this guy is walking free now this is something i could never do with a jury but i can do it to you 
Under the law, prosecutors are not allowed to ask the jurors to put themselves in the place of the victim. Think about it. Think about being pinned down and forcibly raped. Men, you think about it too. Think about it. Hold that in your head. Held down on the ground and raped. This guy, three sex assaults, is walking free. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. How much longer will this plague our country? It almost seems like too big of a problem to tackle. And you know what? When the problem is too big to tackle, what do you do? You do the first thing. One thing. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. Until you beat it. And I am starting today, right now, with Bowen Turner. First of all, take a listen to this. The father of Dallas Dollar says in 2018, his daughter was the president of her senior class, smart and outgoing. A friend to almost everyone she met. That was just her. She had a huge heart. One night, Dallas came home from a party intoxicated, distraught, and covered in these bruises, saying she had been sexually assaulted. It was very um, upsetting, obviously, and very um, um, disheartening and uh, very... uh, I like to use the word tragic once we found out who the alleged individual was. Dallas's family says they later pressed charges against her classmate, 16-year-old Bowen Turner. Public records show he was arrested and charged with first-degree criminal sexual conduct in Bamberg County in January of 2019. Turner was released on bond but was required to wear a GPS monitor. A few months later, a judge allowed him to remove it. After he violated that monitor over and over and over again. Now think about it. That was back in 2019. And it's still happening. Was that the first victim? I can guarantee you it was not the last victim. There's something about sex offenders. They can't stop. They do it over and over and over and over. Certain crimes cannot be rehabbed. Just trust me on that. Before I introduce to you an all-star panel, including one of Bowen Turner's rape victims, Chloe Bassin. Do you know how hard it is for a rape victim to speak out? I can tell you, after dealing with literally thousands of rape victims, many of them don't want to endure the online trolls, the death threats, the judgment And they never say a word. Also with me, Carl Stoller. This is Dallas Stoller's father. And you can find him at justiceforDallas.wordpress.com. I want to start with those two guests. Then I'll bring in our other very special guests. Carl, when I hear your voice there describing what happened in 2018 to your daughter. It it just, every time I got hurt in any way, my father would actually cry. 
he would cry. I've told this story before, Carl, when I did Dancing with the Stars. Of course, the very first night I nearly got thrown off and I was in jeopardy. My father and mother had come all the way across the country and were with me. And I looked across that big dance floor. And here I am, a grown woman with two children and a husband. I looked at my father and across that huge, huge floor, I saw him. And he was crying over that. I can't imagine what you have been through. Tell me what happened when Dallas came home, having been attacked by Bowen Turner in 2018. And since then, there have been two more sex attacks and he's still walking free. Tell me about that moment. Yes, ma'am. Of course, our immediate reaction, my wife, myself, uh, I was actually asleep when she got home and my wife woke me up and told me something had happened to Dallas. And um, initially I wasn't sure exactly what was, what had taken place. Um, and, but I did see that she was in quite a state and, and visibly injured. What do you mean quite a state? Uh, well, she was under, obviously under the influence of alcohol and she was very, upset and just she was she wasn't making a whole lot of sense at that point um because of being the combination of the alcohol and um being what we ultimately found out assaulted being also meaning sexually assaulted can i, can I ask you a question mr Stoller? when you say sex assaulted what do you mean by that i mean uh she was physically assaulted sexually um being, uh, well, at the end of the day, it's quite simple. We call it criminal sexual conduct in South Carolina, but it's um, rape. Rape. Hold on. Hold on. Right there. Sarah Ford with me, legal director, South Carolina Victim Assistant Network. Why don't we say rape? Why do we put perfume on the pig? Why are we, everybody trying to say Sex assault in the second degree, blah, blah. I don't even know what is that. It means different things in every jurisdiction. This girl was raped, forcibly raped. I think it, it has to do with sanitizing what actually is happening because it's something that, that folks don't want to talk about. You know, these issues happen, as you said, Nancy, you know, one in four women. And, and I agree with you. That, that number is higher than that. Oh, gosh. Yes, Sarah. It's tremendous. You're, I like that word you use, but you know what, Mr. Stoller? I don't want the airbrushed version. I don't want yes, um, it sanitized. Your girl, how old was she? She was 17. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. Raped. Yes, ma'am. She was raped. She was forcibly, her legs were pried apart and she was raped. Yes, ma'am. Now, she comes home, and believe me, it tastes like dirt in my mouth. But that's what happened. She came home in a state, as you say. When did you finally realize your daughter had been raped? Well, I, at the time, Alice, you know, she said that um, she had been raped, um, but I wasn't fully, you know, obviously after medical, the medical folks took over at the hospital. Um, it was evident that she had been raped. 
um, definitely evident she had been physically assaulted um, at a at a minimum, but you know, ultimately raped. I'm so mad, my hand is actually shaking. Yes, ma'am. I just picked up a cup of tea, and my hand is actually shaking. What went through your mind and your body when you found out your teen girl, she's only been driving one year, has been raped? Well, ma'am, my initial, and I think this would be most any father's response, is it's just definitely instinctive as a father to protect and not taking anything away from mothers to protect your children. And and we have three girls like I do. Um, that's even a little more intense and I'm a kind of a passionate person, so uh, once I found out that that had that she had been, she had been raped, I, my initial response was upset, very upset for her, very upset as a whole, but also very angry, and in the in a state of mind that I was, I felt like I had to go ahead and take care of things, and uh, you know. My baby had been raped, and I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to handle it right then. Uh, and and of course, that's not the right way to do it. But that was my you asked what my immediate reaction is, and that's what my immediate reaction is. I, I wanted to go out and take take care of what needed to be handled. I tell you what, when my children got bullied on the playground, I wanted to go kill the kid and his family and burn the whole house down. I cannot even imagine. What you felt. I mean, I'm thinking of my little girl. Right now, Lucy's 14 years old. And then she tells you who the perp is. Bowen Turner. Did they know each other? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. They had known each other since they were very young. Um, since they were little, little children because they've gone to school together the entire time. And... At our at our school in Orangeburg, Orangeburg Preparatory School, and um, she, uh, yes, Nate, man, and her, his father and I, been friends for twenty five plus years. And uh, did the father work for the district attorney at that time? Yes, ma'am. What we mm-hmm. call obviously solicitor in South Carolina. Yes, ma'am. He was an investigator for the first judicial circuit. Yes, ma'am. He was retired from. He was uh, agent with South Carolina Probation and Parole prior to working with the. Um, begin and work with the solicitors. So we had been in the system a long time and everybody knew her, right? Yes, ma'am. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Rachel Fisher joining me, registered nurse, sex assault nurse, examiner, expert witness, private investigator, and author of Taking Back the Pen. Rachel, thank you for being with us. Question to you, and I have put many a rape nurse on the stand because somehow they're easier to understand than the medical doctor and very often deal with the rape victim first at the emergency room. How can you tell a woman has been raped when you perform a pelvic exam? So when, when the victims come in and they become our patients, we, we start by taking a medical history to find out, you know, what happened. And then we do the head-to-toe assessment, looking all over for any injuries that could have been caused. If things were forced, you can get uh, physical injuries as well. And then we do a detailed genital exam where we, you know, it's a very invasive exam. We have them lie down. We open their legs. We look at their genitalia. 
and we look for any abnormalities. And then meanwhile, we swab um, if they're within that acute phase. Um, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's five days, depending on the jurisdiction within the assault, we collect evidence. And then that goes to the crime lab. Um, and all throughout that, the, the patients, they have a lot of different um, reactions. You know, they're telling their story. They have to recap the details that they've already told to the police, already told to their parents, already told to their friends. And now they're telling a nurse, another stranger. So it's a, tra- it's a traumatic experience to even have to just sit through that. But we just listen and, um, you know, they respond differently. Sometimes they cry. Sometimes they're laughing. They have different reactions to trauma. And um, we we go through that process with them. And um, each story is different. And, you know, we explain to them that there's different responses. There's the fight, flight, or freeze. Sometimes they feel guilty because they just froze. But we explain that that's a natural response. And we take care of them medically and we collect the evidence and we send it off to law enforcement so that they can do their investigation. And we go through, you know, the what's next, how many medications do you have to take? How many shots do we have to give you now? What were you exposed to? We, we go through all those details of what happened to see how we can now help take care of them in that moment. With me, Rachel Fisher, Rachel D. Fisher and uh, highly educated author, registered nurse, a sane sex assault nurse examiner. Rachel, when you say you look for evidence, you do head to toe, you look for lacerations, cuts, contusions, bruises. Uh, You look to see if the victim's arms and legs are dirty. For instance, the Brock Turner case out in California, the victim was, the rape victim was assaulted on the ground by the dumpster behind a frat house. She's pine straw in her hair covered in dirt and then when you do the pelvic exam, you look for um, internal bruising uh, within the vagina, possible lacerations, all sorts of things that may not be visible to the naked eye. And also conduct a swab, as you said, which is like a long Q-tip that goes up the vagina and you're swabbing for sperm, for semen, which later, very likely, will be connected via DNA to a defendant. Was that a good recap of what you just said? It is, yes, but sometimes there are no visible injuries. Even in the genital exam, we actually don't go into the exam expecting there to be trauma because in a majority of sex assault victims, we don't see any injury. It's mm-hmm. usually just the swabs. And sometimes the swabs don't even get make it to the lab. There's a backlog. There's oh, yeah. there's a lot of time waiting. So it's, you know, when you hear their story and we find sticks in their hair, we find gravel, we collect all of those things and send them there to help you know, corroborate their story to say what it's consistent with. But You know, you brought just says something really interesting. Everything you've said is interesting. But Dr. Bethany Marshall, you've got a girl with sticks in her hair and gravel, and someone actually tries to say that was consensual? Nancy, it's, it's just phenomenal. I think that what happens in these cases is the victim gets overlooked. And the perpetrator is prized by society, and this is a very gender-related problem, that we see 18-year-olds and 16, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys, especially white boys, as in the prime of their sexual life. They're just beginning their sexual life. They're going to conquer society. They're going to have babies. They're going to have families. I'm talking to you about sticks and gravel in the hair. That is not consensual sex. Well, maybe I just did what society does. I don't want to hear about how great the perp is. Right. But I want to hear about the girl. 
I want to hear about what happened to Dallas Stoller. And then Carl, her father with us, she later took her own life. Before Mm. your daughter passed away, she was bullied. She was bullied about making this claim, this rape claim. Yes, ma'am. Why were people bullying her? Ma'am, that's a question I ask myself all the time. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of, uh, it just doesn't make it right by any stretch of imagination because I don't view it that way at all, but it's kind of indicative of our area. Um, a lot of, you know, you're in a fairly decent sized town, but it's, uh, still small by standard and every, a lot of people know each other and they draw the line in the sand and they start talking and they don't stop and the kids kids chime in and even worse the adults and, and, and it snowballs from there. I was studying your case and I heard that even some teachers bullied her. Yes ma'am that's my understanding that there were some that were involved yes ma'am. I'm looking at your daughter's picture right right now just so beautiful and what really speaks to me is that big beautiful smile of hers now as if that's not enough take a listen to our cut to our friends at wcsc but less than five months after that first arrest while he was still out on bond court documents show turner was arrested again he was slapped with that same charge first degree criminal sexual conduct An affidavit reveals the arrest also stems from a party, this time in Orangeburg County. The victim was not named because she was a minor at the time, but Chloe Best says she was the one sexually assaulted by Turner in June of 2019 when she was 16. I just remember being like so petrified, like I was frozen. I honestly just remember sitting there looking at the stars, just like praying for it to be done, just waiting for it to be over with so I can run away. You're hearing the voice of Chloe Best. Another rape victim of Bowen Turner's. And with me right now is Chloe S. Chloe, I have had grown women refuse to tell a jury, look them in the face, after they've told me, told a rape nurse, told an investigator that they were raped, they're they're bloody, they're, they're filthy, they've got mud on their legs, there's blood on the inside of their legs. And when they get in front of a jury, they just can't state what happened to them. They feel like it's their fault. They're embarrassed. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Of course. On behalf of all sex victims, and you'd be very surprised to find out who is a sex victim that you may not suspect. Right. Chloe, what happened that night, as best as you can tell us? Um, you know, I was... You know, just trying to have a normal night. Um, I was in high school, 16, you know. Um, I went out with my best friend at the time, and I had a twin brother, so he was with me. And we went to a party, and, you know, I wasn't thinking thinking anything of it. Um, This is one of those things where, you know, you don't think it's going to happen until it happens to you. So it's not even a thought in my head that this was even a possibility of happening. Um, and so basically long story short, um, I stepped outside at one point to make a phone call and, um, he walked out and he ended up pulling me, um, behind a truck on a tree line outside by the woods. And next thing I know I'm on the ground and I'm very tiny. He was not, (laughs) um, so 
and also just being so scared when you're aware of what's going on. I froze, unfortunately. I wish that I didn't, um, but that was my reaction. Um, and so I remember feeling what he was doing, what was going on. And I mean, I was just frozen with fear. Um, on the inside, I was yelling, I was screaming. Um, I wanted to kick and scream, but it was just like my body, it, it wouldn't move. Um, so that's when you heard me say that at that point, I was just kind of waiting for it to be over with. So at that point I could run away. Um, and that's what happened. And I ended up in the bathroom at this house and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I, I had twigs and leaves in my hair. My shirt was all astrew and it wasn't even like I was looking at myself. Um, it was a very weird moment for me. And then that's when I peeked out the door, saw him asleep on the couch and I booked it out the door, ran into the woods, hiding behind a bush. Um, I called someone to come get me. And at this point, he comes out and is now screaming my name, trying to find me because he realized I was gone. So now I'm even more scared because I don't want to think about what would happen if he found me or, you know. So thankfully, my friend was able to come get me. And I think it was like seven minutes Um and at that moment, um, I got in the car and I felt a little bit better. But I mean, I was just hysterical. So that's the short version. <laughs> Chloe, were you raped? Yes, ma'am. Did you tell the police? Um, I did. Um, so I told them like a day after um, because unfortunately, um, I was aware of Dallas's case and I saw um, the backlash she was getting and that really scared me to come forward. Um, I had just moved to this town like a year and a half prior. I was the new girl. I had, you know, already dealt with some situations of bullying prior to this while being in the town. Um, and I just didn't want another reason for people to come at me. So it did take me about a day to kind of come to terms with things. Um, so June 2nd, this happened. I ended up coming out with it June 3rd and went to the hospital. How did your, how did your parents react? Um, my parents were devastated, um, especially when they found out who it was. Um, my mom said like she had to have the name repeated to her like three times because she just couldn't believe it. Let me understand this. So you go outside, you went with your brother and a friend. Did you say a twin brother? Yes, ma'am. You went with your twin brother and a friend. They went to go get something to eat, and they were coming back. Mm -hmm. That is when you were attacked outside in the night, taken behind a vehicle at a tree line, thrown on the ground. You had this guy, around 200 pounds, on top of you. You were raped. You said you looked at the stars and waited for it to be over. You went in. You looked at a mirror and felt like it wasn't even you. That's called an out-of-body. Mm -hmm. Nothing seems real. Okay, Katie Kamen, joining me, Live 5 News, investigative reporter at Katie Kamen TV. Why is this guy, and there's another minor, a minor whose name we're not revealing, that was also attacked in the same way. Three rape victims. Why is this guy walking free, Katie Kamen? I mean, to that, I 
I don't even know that I have an answer to that. What I mean, we judge saw did this? What judge would let a three-time rapist walk free? What, because his daddy works at the DA's office? Well, it was Judge Dennis. I understand, though, um, it was also an involved uh, a conversation with prosecutors as well before it even got in front of the judge. Um, so I think it was, unfortunately, not just something that happened that day in the courtroom, but things have been happening in the weeks and months prior leading up to that as well. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Isn't it true, Sarah Ford? Uh, Sarah Ford with me, Legal Director, South Carolina Victims Assistant Network. Former prosecutor, you can find her on Facebook, S-C-V-A-N, the South Carolina Victims Assistant Network Legal Services Program, and professor at South Carolina State University. Sarah, isn't it true that even when a prosecution and a defense reach a deal, the judge doesn't have to take it? The judge can say H-E-L-L-N-O. This guy's going to jail or he's going to a jury right now. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why on behalf of these victims, we filed motions to be heard prior to the plea because these victims uh, clearly did, did not agree with the recommendation that the state was making. No way would they agree with this. I mean, Mr. Stoller, really? Straight probation? Would you agree with that? Did they even ask you, is that okay? No, ma'am, not at all. We were just told. Basically, we were 100% told that that was what it was going to be, and that was it. So mad I could chew a nail in half. Sarah Ford, did the DA's office recuse themselves since the perp's dad worked for the DA's office? They did. This was sent to um, the Second Circuit Solicitor's Office uh, over in Aiken, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, they did recuse themselves, but, uh, you know, we're we're in South Carolina, um, you know, small towns, county right next door to us. Um, but unfortunately, uh, with this case, there are multiple victims, multiple counties, multiple circuits. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, what happened uh, last week and what these victims have experienced over the past years and months, um, it, it's an injustice. It's it really amazing is. to me, Sarah Ford. You heard Dallas's father his daughter was raped and then was bullied extensively, unbearably, and she took her own life. They didn't even ask him. What kind of an operation is going on? Judge Dennis, I mean, what are they thinking? We were notified last week, uh, Nancy, that they were going to dismiss the case um, in which Dallas Dollar was the victim. Um, and that they were moving forward on the case in which Chloe was a, a victim um, and allowing the defendant to plead guilty to assault and battery first uh, for a probationary sentence. So they just told you, this is it. Take it or, you know, just take it. There's nothing you can do about it. I'd expressed to the solicitor's office as well as the, the families had um, that the sex offender registry was really a non-negotiable for them, um, that that was essential um, and that particularly after noting that the defendant did not comply with any of the conditions of his bond. Oh, 
You know what, Sierra Ford? You are so right. Take a listen to our cut three, our friends at WCSC. With Turner out on bond, the months marched on. The victims and their families say they attempted to navigate the judicial system while also tackling the lingering trauma. There's not a day since this happened that I have not woken up and thought about it. Dallas's family says the trauma, the gossip and stress weighed heavy on her even after high school until last fall. We lost our sister on November 14th. And that changed everything. Now, nearly four years after that first alleged assault, the Best family has moved out of state. The Stoller family has lost Dallas, and Turner should have been awaiting trial at his home with his GPS monitor. But court documents show that's not been the case. To me, it's definitely a slap in the face. Isn't it true Katie came and joining us from Live 5 that he was out on bond for one rape when he raped Chloe. Yes, that is what we found through court documents that that was the case. And then when he was out on bond, um, those court documents show that he was violating the conditions of his bond dozens of times, I think, uh, potentially even near 50 times. Break it down for me. When you say violating, yes, right there. He went to golf courses while he's supposed to be on house arrest with a GPS monitor on his ankle. Where did he go? Um, he went to multiple golf courses in the state. He went to a Brazilian steakhouse, Dick's Sporting Goods. Dick's Sporting Goods. You mean when my little girl is in the changing room at Dick's? I've got this rapist wandering around with an ankle monitor on right outside her door. Well, it, it doesn't yeah, appear. Yeah, court documents show he was there uh, at oh. Dick's Sporting Goods and n numerous other restaurants and other stores all across South Carolina. And like I said, even um, at a car dealership and gas station across state lines in Brunswick, Georgia. And nobody did a darn thing. Is that right, Katie Kane? Uh Yes, that is unfortunately the case. Even after um, it was brought to the attention um, of solicitors and, you know, they, they filed a motion to, um, you know, I guess revoke his bond. That was what the whole hearing was initially supposed to be. Uh, he was still able to be out on house arrest with that GPS monitor. He was not immediately put in jail despite all of those bond violations. To Sarah Ford, Dallas's case was dropped reportedly because Dallas died. This little girl, this teen girl died after all of the bullying and trolling when she made a rape claim. She killed herself. Now, isn't it true, Sarah Ford, that murder cases are tried all the time without a victim, aren't they? Aren't they? That's correct. And aren't cases across the board tried after a victim or a witness has passed away? Isn't that true? It is true. Uh, and there was substantial evidence in this case. Um, you know, even if the state felt that they could not prosecute um, at, at the criminal sexual conduct level, certainly there was even a witness um, who observed uh, Bowen Turner over Dallas Stollard. Um, so there was additional evidence that certainly. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did the witness say, Sarah? The witness observed Bowen Turner standing up and zipping up his pants, and Dallas Dollar was on the ground. I mean, Mr. Stoller, the dignity of him getting up and zipping up his pants 
and her lying there on the ground like that. It just, I could hardly take it in. How do you deal with this every day in, day out? Ma'am, it haunts me every day, the thought of that. And, but it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And then to be, and then to be uh, used by the, the system is even, uh, it's no more heartbreaking than seeing, imagining what my daughter went through and seeing that. However, it's really aggravating and um, really ticks me off that this deputy solicitor, David Miller, clearly, clearly, and I've emphasized this multiple times, and I may get a little passionate about this, and I apologize, but he clearly, clearly defied a direct court order that was issued out of Lee County, South Carolina, at a bond hearing that the second judicial solicitor's office, upon notification of violations of conditions of bond, were to order immediately, and I stress immediately, that was in caps, ma'am, immediate arrest of Bowen Turner. Not wait two minutes, two days, two two months. Let's cut a deal kind of thing. It's, let's let's get him right now, and then he'll be held in custody until a hearing could be set for bond revocation. And that did not happen. That did not happen. And he had that, that solicitor had a duty. He had a duty to enforce that judge's court order. And I questioned over and over and over again why there aren't consequences for him. And on the defense attorney's side, there should be consequences for him too, because he is an officer of court in South Carolina. He knows he became aware the moment those printouts came out that his client had violated that GPS monitoring agreement. He was obligated lawfully to say, hey, I need to turn my client in. You're there's right. a problem here. I've got, and, and that, that there's no question about that. And I work in law enforcement too in South Carolina. And I know that my badge doesn't protect me. If I defy court order or I'm going to jail, doesn't matter. And he should be locked up. He shouldn't be a solicitor. He, sh- he should be charged with misconduct and officers and numerous things that should happen, but they're not going to happen. And, it, and it's because of all the power and the BS that goes on. That's that, that this point blank period. And I'm so upset about it. I do not know what to do. It doesn't, it would not change what happened to Chloe. It will not change what happened to Dallas. It will not change what happened to the other young lady. However, it will speak. If something would be done, it will speak to saying, Hey, there are consequences for not doing my job. And I asked him point blank when he talked to us by Zoom, wouldn't come meet with us in person. I asked him point blank, did you, do you feel like you did an adequate job in trying to prosecute my daughter's case? He said to me, easily, yes, I, I 100% did an adequate job, and I'm good Well, I can that. tell you right now, Mr. Stoller, a case can be tried without a victim. Yes, ma'am, I All know right? that. I know that for a fact because I've done it. More, I can't even count the times I've done it. Chloe Bess, were you in the courtroom when Bowen Turner, whose father is Walt Turner, who works with the DA's office, were you there when he got straight probation? Uh, yes, ma'am, I was there. What was your reaction, Chloe? This is the guy that raped you. Um, I was extremely disappointed. Um, I kind of walked in there already knowing what was going to happen because, like we said, I think this was obviously a pre-planned thing. Um, this didn't just ha- or this wasn't just decided when we walked in. Um, this there were a lot of things behind the scenes that I think oh, happened. Yes. When you heard it, the judge stating. 
probation. He's not even going to have to register as a sex offender. What went through your mind? Um, absolutely disgusted, appalled. I could not believe what was unfolding in front of my eyes um, because to know there was a possibility of it happening and then actually watching it happen right in front of me, I mean, it was very surreal. Um, I just couldn't believe that th- that was even an option. Dr. Bethany, Dr. Bethany Marshall with me, a renowned uh, psychotherapist joining me out of Beverly Hills. Dr. Mm-hmm. Bethany I think the worst thing that rape victims go through is that feeling Mm -hmm. you have flashbacks of being raped and being completely Mm -hmm. helpless. I've had victims tell me they felt like they were up above themselves looking down Mm -hmm. when the rape happened, which echoes what Chloe saw when she looked in the mirror. That feeling of helplessness, there's nothing you can do, and it lingers with a rape victim forever. And Nancy, think about this. He was so frenzied and aggressive. He threw poor little Chloe into the dirt, and now he's roaming free, and he could stalk her. He could predate upon her. I have three uh, victims in my practice. One was predated upon constantly by a brother. One was raped repeatedly by an uncle. And one, just a one-time incident with her sister. All three are obese. They're, they're, they're very prominent members of society and successful, but all three are obese because they fear that if they're normal weight, they will not be able to fend off an attacker. They're dysregulated. They want to be in relationships, but the tiniest little things their partners do to disappoint them or let them down send them into a terrified frenzy. They are anxious and panicky all day long. One one leaves the house without brushing her hair and she's in her 40s because she's so panicked. All these years later, she can't think to brush her own hair. She feels like a little orphan roaming the streets. So the consequences... Oh, Bethany, Bethany, you're just like, it hurts to hear it. Katie Kamen, what, if anything, is the reaction in the community? Why are people taking this lying down in South Carolina? I don't know that people are. I think finally, since this has come to light, that people are outraged. We've gotten phone calls and I've gotten messages and emails just so upset about this case and how it's three girls, not an isolated incident. Three girls that we know of, Katie. Yeah, Um there, I think people are outraged that uh, Bowen Turner is out on probation. That and um, hey, Katie, I noticed that the judge didn't want cameras in the courtroom. Isn't that right? Um, it was beyond that. Uh, another outlet was allowed to go in there. Um, I was denied access, even though I said I was a member of the public. I guess so, Katie. That's the last thing Judge Dennis wanted. Was Katie came into the courtroom reporting on what he was doing? Well, guess what, Judge. We all know now. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash nancy.